Only Alchemy, the podcast where we talk about spirituality that's relatable and not woo-woo. If you are brand new to spirituality or deep in the rabbit hole, this is for you. We talk about what really matters and open up our minds to the universe. Welcome to another episode of the Only Alchemy podcast, where today we're going to be diving into a really juicy subject, which is grieving your past self or stages and symptoms of grief when you are in the ascension and timeline shifting process. So a lot of people think about grief as, you know, always tied to being after someone has passed away. However, the definition of grief is actually deep sorrow, especially after a death. So it does not have to be always linked to somebody passing away. But when we do timeline shift, when we quantum jump, when we manifest a new version of us, right? There's a shedding of layers that occurs and a death of sorts that happens within us. And we often have to grieve the old self. So redefining the actual definition of grief, but making it to be more in line with how do we grieve a past self, right? So I'm sure you've heard of the five stages of grief denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. What people don't actually realize is majority of the time, these stages do not happen in order. There's actually a lot of research out there that shows that these are not, you know, the the foundation of grief in order. You may have anger first and then denial later. You may go straight into depression and then anger comes up later on. So I'm not saying that every single time you timeline shift, this is going to happen to you. However, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up was because I've been feeling this a lot lately with my clients in my um, energy healing sessions and Reiki sessions is that we hold so much grief in the body and especially in our lungs, which is part of our heart chakra. And when we're holding on to this grief unknowingly and we're not releasing this grief, we're blocking our own manifestations and we're blocking our own ability to step into the highest timeline and to step into the highest version of ourselves. So next time you're in meditation, I would really encourage you to actually try and get quiet and ask yourself the question, ask your higher self the question, where am I holding 
grief in my body. So you grieve whenever there is a loss, right? So you can be grieving the version of you before you became a mother. You may be grieving a version of you in a different career than you are now, right? You may be grieving a version of you that was in a relationship that you're no longer in. Or, vice versa, the single version of you before you went into a relationship, right? All of these life events that happen quite commonly can be a trigger for grief. And so... Often I ask my clients, you know, are these depressed symptoms that you're feeling? If you're going through some kind of depression or dark night of the soul, whatever language you prefer, are you grieving and unaware of the fact that you're grieving? As I mentioned before, one of the five steps of grief is depression. And so that lack of motivation, that feeling like, you just don't find joy in anything anymore, it's hard to get out of bed, or even on a micro scale, it doesn't have to be that significant where you even notice it, but it can just be a sort of dulled emotion in your body where things that used to make you happy kind of don't make you happy anymore. Maybe you just don't have an appetite for life or an appetite for food. Um, And it's kind of very manageable in that way in the sense that you're functioning, but you're still going through that depression. So asking yourself, is this grief? Am I grieving? And there's really no time limit on grief either, which is the the most frustrating, confusing part about the grieving process. That's why integration after doing energy healing is so important as well. So whether you are actively manifesting or actively doing timeline shifting, quantum jumping, all that sort of thing. I always say, don't do it more than once a month. Really don't. Get Let your body catch up. Um, sometimes with clients that uh, it's their first time seeing me and they, you know, let me know that they've been doing quantum jumping or timeline shifting, whether it's my meditation that I sell on my website or if it's somebody else's doesn't really matter but sometimes I will ask them you know why are you feeling why is your energy feeling so ungrounded and we'll put the pieces together that they're doing this timeline shifting work way too often right so allowing that integration allowing your body to accept the fact that you are moving towards a new version of yourself, which means, in a way, a death of your old version of yourself, right? So 
anywhere that you find there is attachment in your life, right? Where you're not necessarily practicing non-attachment, which is totally fine. But what I always say is anywhere you feel attached to something, so maybe you are attached to your job, you're attached to your house, you're attached to your car, right? That becomes part of your identity. That becomes part of who you are, right? You may identify as I am a person who drives a Tesla, right? You might identify as a homeowner or you may identify as a renter. You may identify as whatever your profession is. So I am a doctor. I am a lawyer. I'm choosing really beautiful professions here. So if you are not those things, that's okay. I am a teacher. I am a, what else can you be? A uh, store assistant, you know, I'm whatever it may be. I'm just throwing job titles that come out. You are attached to that in your identity. When that gets taken away from you in any kind of capacity, whether it's as small as, okay, I used to work in this place and now I'm moving to a new workplace, but I'm leaving behind that whole team of people. I'm leaving behind all the memories that I had in that place, driving to work every day, the meetings, whatever it may be, and stepping into a new workplace, right? You're going to have processes in your in your energy and in your spirit of grieving that old environment to a degree and I always say it's like a spectrum like there is times where you again may not even notice it's going on in your body you just may be feeling a little funky or a little off and you may attribute it to oh it's just because I have a new job oh it's just because I'm just getting used to this this new environment this new work team whatever it may be but underlying in your soul and your spirit you're still allowing yourself to grieve that attachment that you once had, that shedding of layers. It's really just about that ascension process of your energy is ascending and stepping into the higher version of yourself, those shedding of layers. And it's really about the yin and the yang of life, right? You can't have one without the other. You can't have that amazing love energy without the complete opposite of like sadness and depression. So if you are someone who is loving with your whole heart, you are giving your love and your heart to yourself, you're giving it to your job, you're giving it to your family, your relationship, whatever it may be, whatever aspect of your life you feel attached to, you cannot have one without the other. You cannot love with your whole heart without having some kind of opposite reaction at some point, whether that be depression, anger, sadness, the 
the feelings in our body that we don't strive to feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't strive to feel sadness. That's not something that we wake up every day and we're like, oh, I just want to feel sad, you know? So understanding this entire process is absolutely guaranteed. And actually, the one thing in life that is guaranteed is death. When you're born, the one thing that is guaranteed to happen to you, no matter what happens in your life, is your death. Okay? Not to make this morbid, but that's not the only death that we have in our life. So just understanding when you're doing shadow work, this can also come in as well. Um, I'll give a quick example, doing inner child work, doing inner teenage work, which doesn't get talked about a lot. But you may go through a process in that shadow work of grieving your inner child. I'm actually going through that right now in my personal life where I'm doing a lot of like work around inner child stuff and um, I was talking to my own healer and I was speaking to her about what I was feeling and she reassured me that I am grieving the emotions that my inner child was never able to grieve because I didn't have the emotional capacity to do so. And so this is one of the reasons why I love talking about this grieving process because I feel like grief has just the wrong PR, if you know what I mean. Like the PR around grief is like, we don't talk about it. It's not fun, it's icky, it doesn't make us feel good, but it's so necessary and it's so inevitable when you're doing work like inner child work where you have to sit in those emotions that you felt at that time, whether you were five years old, six years old, whatever it may be, and grieve that time for your inner child. I'm going to answer some of your questions now from Instagram this week. I'm not going to answer them all, so I'm sorry if I don't get to your question. I'm just going to answer a couple that were, um, I guess, the most relevant to this episode's topic. So one of the questions is integration of timelines. Is it strictly conscious or does subconscious aid in the 3D shift? Now... This gets a little confusing because we shift timelines all the time. Every time we make a decision, we will shift timelines. So say you decide I want to go grocery shopping, I'm going to the store to go to my to get my groceries, etc. You will be shifting into a timeline where you're going grocery shopping, right? If maybe you were tossing up between going grocery shopping and going to the beach, if you had gone to the beach, that would have been a completely different timeline that you would have stepped into. 
So we do it all the time. It's very, very subtle. We don't really notice we're doing it. Um, that's why majority of the people in the world have never even heard of timeline shifting. However, when we are doing it intentionally, when we are the one deciding where we want our uh, selves to go, right? We're we're actively trying to manifest something. Whenever you're actively trying to manifest anything, your subconscious is playing a part in that manifestation process. So if you're doing timeline shifting meditations, quantum jumping meditations, whatever that is, your subconscious definitely plays a part in, um, shifting into the energy of that timeline, right? So what I always like to say is doing quantum jump meditations, doing timeline shifting meditations, these are all tools to help you in the larger scope of your full manifestation process. You cannot just neglect the other parts of your manifesting process. That being said, during the meditations that I have designed, I try to allow you to tap into your subconscious as much as possible so that you can become aware of what exactly your beliefs are about what you're trying to manifest and allowing you to kind of, um, I guess, bypass some of that uh, negative thought patterns that may come up for you. Essentially, when you're doing quantum jumping or timeline shifting, you're downloading the information from your higher self. Like your higher self, when you are meeting them in the meditation, you are downloading the information from them. So they're kind of giving you the blueprint to, to how to get what you want, how to navigate your way from where you are now and where you want to go, right? So basically to answer your question, yes, subconscious thoughts do play a role in timeline shifting. Okay, so next question, how do you go about acceptance of negative behaviors towards somebody? How do you go about acceptance of negative behaviors towards somebody? So, firstly understanding that whenever anybody does anything, it is not a reflection of you, it's a reflection of themselves. Everything is a projection onto the other person. Relationships play a mirror role in this physical reality. So every single relationship you have in your life, that person is reflecting back to you something about yourself. So if you don't like somebody... Like, if somebody does something that you just cannot stand, like, it's just super irritating to you, there is an unhealed part of yourself that is getting very activated by the behavior of somebody else. 
right? So if you are behaving negatively towards somebody else, asking yourself, what is it about that other person that is triggering me in the way that is making me feel the need to protect myself and act out in whatever behavior you're doing, right? And that goes uh, hand in hand with your second question, which was how do you work on acceptance of negative behaviors towards you? It's exactly the same. It's basically the same question, just from a different point of view, essentially. Just understanding, it's really quite simple. It's frustrating that it is this simple, but understanding that everyone is just projecting their own insecurities, beliefs, their own ideas of somebody else onto you or vice versa, you onto somebody else. And that is going to dictate your behavior in the sense that if you're triggered, you're going to act out in whatever way that you feel is necessary, whether you are a fight, flight, or freeze response type person. Um, Fight meaning you may say some things that you don't necessarily mean. freeze you have no idea how to react you can also people please in this situation or you may feel like you need to flee so running away leaving avoiding not interacting with this person at all um and so coming back to acceptance of these behaviors What really works for me is just trying to ask yourself the question, two questions really. One, what am I learning from this and how can I learn about my own wounding from this situation? What is this relationship teaching me, right? And two, When it comes to little things, like little, I guess, petty behaviors or, um, you know, just kind of trivial things, asking yourself, is this going to matter in five years? That's a really profound question I ask myself quite often. Is this going to matter in five years? If the answer is no, it's not worth it's not worth your energy to um, ruminate on. That's not to say that you can't learn from it and grow from it, but once you've done that, letting it go. So I'm going to leave it there this week and just keep it nice and short and simple and sweet. So when you're speaking about or when you're talking about subjects that are kind of multi-layered, very complex, such as timeline shifting and grief, often it's 
necessary for us to just allow that information to digest into our consciousness and not kind of overload the system with so much information that it is unable to process it, right? So if you guys have any questions about this podcast episode, please do not hesitate to reach out, comment on my Instagram, Um, you can DM me or comment on my TikTok, whatever um, platform, it doesn't really matter. I will do my best to try and answer your questions, whether it's in another podcast episode or, um, you know, directly in, in that comment. So I appreciate you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It brings me so much joy. Please support the podcast in any way that you can. It's not expected. However, um, I am planning on continuing this podcast for as long as possible. So the support that you guys show really means the world to me and allows me to give back to you guys more. Um, So I just wish and hope you have the best rest of your week the best weekend and I will catch you next week for another episode of the Only Alchemy podcast.